Take your Bibles this morning, if you would, please, and go to Ephesians chapter number three. We're going to emphasize that even today, Ephesians in chapter number three. While you're finding your place there, let me mention just a couple things. Uh, dear lady of this church went home to be with the Lord yesterday, Miss Avanel Bowen, longtime member, faithful, sweet, dear lady, dear lady. Joe and Avanel Bowen just serve the Lord consistently, and uh, they were delight. To be around and uh, you know she was getting more and more frail as obviously time went on I thank God for all that here visited her kept up with her like uh, like we had testimony a moment ago from Brother Ludy and he and Miss Beverly have done a lot to help there and others visiting them and folks like you just heard from Miss Dolly Langston by the way didn't you enjoy those testimonies and it's a great job um, I just love to hear people's testimonies and it's a blessing. Uh, thanks be to God for that. But Miss Avenel, um, uh, her daughter just went to home with the Lord uh, not long ago, and and now she has. And so I thank God that, to know she's in heaven, and uh, grateful for her example. And really, it's uh, folks like Miss Avenel that have been the the strength of Southwest Baptist Church. It has been that through the Lord's help. We understand that. But thank God for just faithful, faithful people. So wanted to mention that to you. And then, of course, uh, moving ahead, we've got the brochures. If you if you miss getting one in the Sunday school hour, be sure to pick one up. It has some pictures in it um, from back when moving ahead was established. This is our final year of the moving ahead. And uh, then all the uh, projects through the years, that's that's to God's honor and glory that all that's been accomplished and obviously still much to be done. And, but we're grateful to God for what he's, what he's done. We'll emphasize that a little bit more tonight. So be sure to pick those up there in the four years. Okay, Ephesians chapter number three. Ephesians chapter number three. All right, Ephesians three. Paul writes in verse one, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles... If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And then he continues in verse five, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed. So it was not known, but now is revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. And here's a big part of that mystery, verse number six, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. <laughs> Jews and Gentiles in the same church family. Now, I realize that may not hit all of us, but, but in their day and time, that was unthinkable that those two groups would get together. But Christ brought them together. So he says in verse number five, sorry, seven, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? <laughs> and to make all men see what is the 
fellowship of the mystery from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. I want you to pay special attention to verse number 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, that's angelic beings, principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold grace of God, wisdom of God, sorry. The manifold wisdom of God might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. This was not an afterthought with God. Look at verse 11. According to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory, for the which cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Watch this, verse number 16. Everybody still with me right here? Verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints. Did you notice that? Comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, <laughs> that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. Unto him be glory. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Amen. Wow. Oh, we're going to have a good time. We may not get through everything that's here, but we're going to have a good time right here. Unto him, unto him be glory. Notice that in the church, unto him be glory in the church. Oh, I wonder how important church life is. Well, if it's unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, this is one of the ages. This is a part of history throughout all ages means through all history. In fact, into eternity, world without end then I believe that Southwest Baptist Church and churches like it, vitally important to what God's doing in the earth. It's the center of operations for the gospel work. Wow, we get to be a part of it. <laughs> Praise his holy name. Here's the title of the message this morning. This is number 17 in our theme, in our theme series, Stand in Awe of Him. And uh, this sermon I'm entitling just simply this, Assembled, as we are, it's what a church is. In fact, if you can't assemble it, it's not a church. Hello? Yeah. It's got to assemble. Assembled for the awe of Him. That's it. Assembled for the awe of Him. 
That's it. That's it. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you for honoring God's word as we stood. I feel like through the music, we've already got the gist of the message. If you paid attention at all, if you sang at all to him, if you heard what the choir just sang, as as the choir sang about his glory in creation, but then his glory in the new creation in the sense of saving us and that every tribe and nation and tongue will be, is, is currently those that are saved and in heaven already around the throne and praising him. And that we get to join that chorus. Hey, this is just choir practice for there. I really uh, just want to focus on two verses this morning that are in our text, as you might have picked up on. Verse number 10, I'd like to read it again. To the intent, to this purpose, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, we're not going to deal as much with that, but just suffice it to say, to, to the angelic beings, which Peter, Brother David at the very end, Brother Perkle's at the end, going to read out of 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 12, I believe it is, that, that talks about how that angel, listen to this, angelic beings are interested in what's going on right now. In here, the angels pay attention. They're interested in the salvation of of souls. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 15 that there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God. So God rejoices when somebody gets saved, when somebody's sins are forgiven. By the way, if you're not saved today, you need to be saved. You're a sinner. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. There's not one person here who could say, I think I'm okay with God. No, not apart from Jesus Christ. You're not friend. There's no hope for you apart from Jesus and trusting his finished work on the cross. You couldn't join enough churches to make up for all the wrong that you've done. You couldn't go be baptized. You heard it from brother Ludy a moment ago, as he talked about how many times he'd been baptized. Water can't wash away your sins. There's nothing that can wash away your sins, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And he can wash away your sins and, and save you for all of eternity. And so if you're here today and not saved, then, then the Bible says that God commendeth his love toward us. That means that he showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means he died as your substitute. He died in our place. He died for us. And the Bible says that if we shall believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead and confess with our mouth that, that the Lord Jesus, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today. You could have walked in here wondering where you're going to spend all of eternity and go out these doors singing on your way, redeemed and so happy in Jesus, redeemed by the blood of the lamb. See, okay, that's what this, this gathering's about. So anyways, but the angelic beings are, are looking in on this according to what Paul said here and, and it, that it might be known and several times he mentioned the reference to a mystery that it might be known by the church, the manifold, the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. I'd, I'd like to think about that with you here a few moments, should you have the time. And even if you don't, I'm going to take a little bit of your time because you need to think about the manifold wisdom of God. Okay. And he said, it's by the church that the manifold wisdom of God is made known to the angelic beings. Well, if it's made known to the angelic beings, doesn't it suffice it to say that it also would be made to, known to the rest of the world? as well, people around that they need to know the manifold wisdom of God. And then verse number 21 is our other verse that we're going to preach on a little bit. It says, unto him be glory in the church. Glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. 
And then he gets into preaching. Chapters one through three is just introduction. Amen. Hey, you thought I preached long. Come on now. About Paul. I mean, it just did an introduction basically about who they were in Christ. And so uh, I believe the Lord directed my mind and attention to this chapter because uh, two reasons. One, it fits our theme, stand in awe of him. Stand in awe of him. Two, it fits our day today, today being our church anniversary. And we're rejoicing in what God has done. But we assemble, careful right here, we assemble not to stand in awe of us, but we assemble to stand in awe of him. He gets glory through the church. So what is the manifold wisdom of God and how do we make it known? In what ways do we then bring glory to him as a church? Okay, the word glory is interesting right here because it's used eight times in the book of Ephesians. Um, doxology, our word doxology comes from the word, it's doxa in Greek. And so anyways, but it's used eight times in chapters one through three. It's used no more in chapters four through six. I believe it's basically this. All the glory ought to go to Jesus. All the glory ought to be to him. Three different times in chapter one, it talks about to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. He saved us. To the praise of his glory. And so glory is emphasized and chapters four through six really help us understand how then we bring honor and glory to him. So he's dealing with the church. He's dealing with the doctrine of the church. He's dealing with the fact that this was a mystery. Now the word mystery, I mean, we think about, you know, some of the uh, days gone by mysteries, you know, and, and things that maybe we try to figure out. But here the word mystery just means this. What was not known in the past has now been disclosed. So what he's saying right here is that, listen, if you read your Old Testament, you're going to read a lot of prophecies about Jesus Christ, but you're not going to read about the church per se as it is in the New Testament. But nonetheless, it is the eternal plan of God. It was not an afterthought. There are no divine afterthoughts. They're just plans. And, and Paul is saying, now this was unknown then, but God has made it known now. And it's the doctrine of the church. How important is, you know, this being our anniversary Sunday, thinking about a church. By the way, the word church is made up of two words, uh, called out assembly, a called out assembly. Well, what are they called out of? Well, a called out of sin, brought together, saved, baptized, joined together for the work of the gospel. That's a called out assembly. So again, if you can't assemble it, then, then it's not truly a church. And thus, there's nowhere in your Bible, in God's word, there's no teaching about a universal church that we're all a part of. That's not in the Bible, friend. I'm just here to tell you it's not. Church is used sometimes in a generic sense, but it, it has to have expression in a local sense because it has to be assembled. I might talk about the grocery. My wife went shopping at the grocery. I could talk about grocery in general, but, but I, I don't eat from a grocery that is invisible. No, we go to a visible grocery to get visible food so that she can make really good food. It's just making sense to everybody. So there are times you might run across a verse that seems like that, that it's just talking about a universal church, but what it's, what it's talking about is church in a generic sense, just like we would talk about grocery or Hobby Lobby or family. But if we even use the term family, if I say today, is this making sense right here? This, I, can't, I can't stay here, but this is very important because I'm telling you, this is one of the most fierce battlegrounds today 
is the doctrine of the local church. And if this church begins to change in any area, it'll be in the area of the doctrine of the church. If we begin to change there, if we go slack on it, then that's where we'll begin to see a lot of change. But, but I'm just simply saying this, that if I talk today, if I say, hey, I'm going to preach about the family, well, family's got to have an expression. There's going to be a, a husband and a wife and there's kids. There's an expression there, but I might talk about it generically. Same thing when you read through the book of Ephesians. But if you look back at chapter one and verse number one, it talks about the saints that are at Ephesus. At Ephesus means that they're at a locale. The church is at a location. So this, what we're reading about today is Ephesus Baptist Church. Well, I don't know if they were called exactly that, but that's what they were. They were a Baptist church. You say, how do you know that? They got the Baptist distinctives going on, which actually Baptist distinctives are Bible distinctives. How, how are we doing? Is this my, am I making friends? Hey, listen, we, we're a Baptist church because of what the Bible says and what it teaches. And that's why we're implementing that right now. And so anyways, I, I thank God. I know that we have guests that are here and some maybe from different backgrounds and such, but we're, we're celebrating what God has done. But listen, listen, I want to be very clear right here before I move on. And that'd be this, that we're, we're not just Baptists here just because of our heritage. We're Baptists because of what the Bible says. That's different. And now, Brother Ludy, uh, four generations. Miss, uh, Miss Dolly, three generations. I mean, that's, it's been passed on, but every generation for its own has got to dig into the Word and see what does the Word say about church. Amen. All right, this is going great. How do we then show honor and glory to Him as the church? How do we do that as Southwest Baptist Church? Paul loved this church. Paul loved this, this church in Ephesus. Ephesus is in Asia Minor. He met this church on his second missionary journey. And he had a very brief time with them on that second, that, that first initial contact with them. But he left behind a, a man and his wife named Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla. You know, there's a lot of saints in heaven. There's a lot of saints in Southwest Baptist Church that may not be as well known as some of the preachers, but they're as vital as the preachers are. This is Aquila and Priscilla. I'm looking out and I'm seeing a bunch of Aquilas and Priscillas. I'm seeing some Aquilas who their Priscilla's gone to heaven. Are you following what I'm saying or vice versa? But I'm thinking today about an Eldon and a Dolly. It's kind of like a Priscilla and Aquila. A Ludie and a Beverly. A Bill and a Joy. I mean, on and on. I could go and name most everybody here. Hey, thank God for the Priscillas and Aquilas that have been faithful at Southwest Baptist Church. We're rejoicing that here today. So then on his third missionary journey, he had three years with this church. So he spent a lot of time with them. And then as he was passing back through their way, he met with the leadership of the church and he said, listen, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This church is bought and paid for by the Lord and Jesus Christ. Ephesus was a strategic city. There's about 300,000 that lived in that general area. And it was a place that had great potential. I'm mentioning that because that makes me think of Southwest Baptist Church and how that Oklahoma City right now is, is on a growing trend and, and, and people that had left Oklahoma for California are coming back. Isn't that right? 
and people from other parts of the country moving right here. And our downtown area is growing and all around is growing. You know what it needs? There, there needs to be a Bible preaching church and churches right here. Amen. We've got a great potential. These are great days to, to serve as Southwest Baptist Church. And, and so Paul is getting across that mystery of the church and how the Jew and Gentile would be together. And they, they didn't see that coming. And, and it's so, it so unknown to them that these two cultural groups would, that were so opposed to each other, they'd be in the same church body. Well, you know whose praise that's to. That's to his praise, his honor, his glory. I look around here this morning, I see different ethnic groups that God has created because our God is so created. But we were reminded just recently in the creation conference that there's only one race, just one blood, one race, that's the human race. God is so creative that he's made us all look different. And, and that's a blessing, by the way. It's a blessing. Different ethnic groups represented here at Southwest Baptist Church. Different financial groups, economic backgrounds are represented here. Different educational backgrounds are represented right here. Different, uh, different states are represented right here. Different affiliations are represented right here. Just different, different backgrounds are represented. You know why? Because he saved us all by the same good grace. And brought us together as a church family. And, and Paul's saying, listen, I'm so glad that he appointed me to this business of, business of preaching the gospel. Because I get to preach about him. I get to preach about his unsearchable riches. You know what that means as I looked it up? It means this, it's too much to be measured. It's beyond our ability to imagine. The unsearchable riches of Christ. That ought to be our attention. He says, to the intent, believe it or not, I'm already to verse number 10. Verse number 10, he says, to the intent that, that now unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. He brought us together and, and in, the, in the context here, he's certainly dealing with Jews and Gentiles in one church family. Now I get it. I understand that there may be some, some uh, linguistic situations just that come from the Tower of Babel type days where maybe we, we would, in fact, we even started a Spanish speaking uh, independent fundamental Baptist church. I just got to be over there, share with the new members class this morning. Got to be over there on Friday night as they had a men's advance. A meeting for the men. Man, it was fantastic. A, a men's advance. And there were three, about 300 men gathered together in the, in, in the Iglesia Baptista del Cavario. About 15 to 18 different churches gathered together. Two rondallas. One from Heartland Baptist Bible College is going to sing uh, in chapel, but then they're going to sing again here. Amen. Amen. Right? Man, it was fantastic. But to hear these, these groups singing in, in, in Spanish in their, known, in their heart language, but praising the same Savior that saved us. Amen. Oh, yeah. Plus carne asada. <laughs> Mercy. Okay, back to verse number 10. He said, now listen, this is to the intent that, that it might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. I, I just, I meditated on that. The manifold wisdom of God. Well, what does that mean? 
that it might be known, that it might be disclosed. So, so when we gather together, am I reading this right? That when we gather together at Southwest Baptist Church, that we are making known, we are revealing, we are making known the manifold wisdom of God. Okay, well, I think we understand wisdom, you know, just God knows what he's doing. Well, that's a pretty elementary way of saying it, but that, that's, is that accurate? God knows what he's doing and he's doing what's right. We, we display, you being here in church today, it, we're displaying the manifold wisdom of God. The word manifold is what caught my attention. No, I don't use that word every day. Manifold means multifaceted. It means a variety. Uh, in fact, it's used, um, it's used outside the world of the Bible in the Greek speaking world at that time. It's, it's made up of two words and it, it means this, multicolored. So it's used of like a tapestry and all those threads that come together to make that beautiful tapestry or some linen or something like that. In fact, hang on, in the Greek um, version of the Old Testament, this word is used about Joseph's coat of many colors. So right here, Paul is saying, I'm glad to get to preach the gospel and I'm glad that saved people, they're not just saved and left out there on their own, but they're, to be, they're saved to follow the Lord in believers' baptism and that brings them into that church family. And in that, in that church family, it's like there's a multicolored tapestry that's going on in here. <laughs> Amen. Like, Joseph's coat of many colors. And I look around, not just physical colors, but different backgrounds and how that God took somebody named Ludie Smith, an interesting individual, <laughs> and put him into the tapestry of Southwest Baptist Church along with his wife, Beverly, and took Brother Eldon and Miss Dolly and, and put Miss Melanie and the family into the tapestry of Southwest Baptist Church. And he's still weaving are you listening to me? And he took the rushing family and brought them in. And he, and he took the Copes family and brought them in. And he took different ones and he brought them in. And, and new members that I met with this morning. Hey, listen, he's still weaving his work right here at Southwest Baptist Church. And it shows forth the manifold wisdom of God that he knows how to save. He knows how to change a person's life. He knows how to bring them in. He knows how to get them clean. He knows how to help them along. He knows how to get them out of debt and help them start giving. He knows how to get their life straight. He knows how to get their family straightened out. He knows how to repair a marriage. Are you listening to me here this morning? He knows how to help somebody get out of and over that temptation. He knows how to help somebody get through a trial so they can keep going on. I'm talking to you this morning about the manifold wisdom of our God that he shows every single Sunday. And Wednesday and every day of the week for that matter of Southwest Baptist Church. Praise be to his holy name because we're assembled to be in awe of him. He's the one that's done this. Not some mastermind, not some, not some man. The church is not man's idea. Therefore, we dare not tamper with it. It is his idea. And we, we do our best by submitting to what he wants of Southwest Baptist Church. And therefore, we bring honor and glory to him. Amen. Praise his holy name. I love what Albert Barnes said. He said, he said, creation, creation was not enough to bring him the glory that is due to him. Creation's not enough. 
I mean to tell you, yesterday I went on a run and I, and I looked out there at the skies. The sun was setting. It was a beautiful November Oklahoma day. And man, it was beautiful. And I saw some deer and I saw all of God's creation. And I listened to the stream that was flowing and I listened to I-42. But anyways, I heard the, the stream that was flowing and the wisdom of God is on display in creation. But listen, that's not enough. That's not enough even that he made us with the intricacies of our, of our eyes and our hands and, and the nerves and the muscles and all of it, how it works together. But that's not enough. That doesn't show us everything about God. The angelic beings were not enough. We needed to know, listen to me here this morning, we needed to know about God's love. We needed to know about his mercy. We needed to know about his long suffering. We need to know about his kindness. We need to know about his saving power. And the only way he could do that is through the work of salvation in a man's life and a woman's life. And thus we see the wisdom of God. Does this make any sense to anybody in here? We see the wisdom of God of saving a man named Abraham and through his seed, bringing the promised Messiah. We see the wisdom of God putting this Bible together. We see the wisdom of God as the Lamb of God showed up on the scene. And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. We see the wisdom and the love of God as Jesus died on that old rugged cross. And we see the wisdom of God as he was placed in that grave. But he came forth alive and able to save anybody today. The manifold wisdom of God. You see, if we just looked at creation, we wouldn't know all that. You'd see his power, if you're thinking right, unless you're, unless you're of the persuasion that all this just kind of happened. I, lo I love what somebody said. That'd be like somebody believing that a dictionary came because there was an explosion in a print shop. <laughs> and all these letters flying in around the room got in order alphabetically. Too much design in here to say it happened by accident. No, creation shows his glory, friend. But creation is only half the story. The redemption of mankind. What it took to save your soul. That shows his manifold wisdom. No wonder Paul said, I pray that, that you can understand this. And he, he went on. I want to I I work on that just a little bit as he says, listen, to, to really get this, you got to have the spirit of God's help. Hey, by the way, if God took the Holy Spirit away, I wonder if a lot of believers would, believe, would, would recognize it in church or not. Sometimes I think we're too dependent on our flesh in the way that we go about services rather than the spirit of God. Now, he's not going to do that. He can't do that. The Spirit of God indwells us. I totally understand that. But listen, to he, Paul is emphasizing the need for the Spirit of God. And he also says in verse number 18 that we may be able to comprehend. He's praying for them, being rooted and grounded in love, that we may be able to comprehend with all saints. Everybody see that? You know what that means? God wants you to be in a church family. You, you cannot grow there may be some looking for a church here this morning. That's wonderful. Thank God that you're here. You, you need to, number one, be saved, and you need to be in a Bible-preaching church where you can grow because you can't grow isolated. Comprehend with all saints. That's what he said. Comprehend with all the saints. And then look what he said here. He said, what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes all understanding. He said, I don't know if I can grasp that. Join the club. But it sure is a blessing 
to give it consideration. Breath, I want to know how wide his love is. Length, how far does his love go? The depth, how deep does it reach? The height, how high is it? Like what one man said, John Stott said this, the love of Christ is broad enough to encompass all of mankind, long enough to last all eternity, deep enough to reach the most degraded sinner, and high enough to exalt him to heaven. The love of Christ. You know, uh, saying, I think I've heard enough about the love of Christ, it's kind of like somebody being at the Grand Canyon and just seeing the South Rim. No, that's good enough for me. Hey, I've, I've been at the South Rim and that's it. I'm looking forward. Someday I'm hoping to go rim to rim. I, I'd like to. Right now it's just a thought. But, but I want to explore it. You've been to Estes Park, Colorado, those majestic mountains. And there's so many trails up there that I haven't hiked yet. Hey, I want to explore it. Why? Because it's, it's all, it's all inspiring. Hey, we're talking about the Lord, the Lord, Jesus Christ. There's more about Jesus that we need to know. And Paul says, all this is to be done to God's glory. Verse number 21, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus Throughout all ages, world without end, he's, saying, he's simply saying this, we got to bring him glory through the church. Bring him glory through the church. Isn't that what it said? Bring him glory through the church. Well, well how do we do that? Well, that's chapter four, five, and six type stuff. What do you mean? Well, we bring him glory as we're together in unity as a church family. Chapter four, verses one through 16. We bring him glory when we think like Jesus taught us to think instead of thinking like the world. Chapter four and verse 17. And then we bring him glory when we start acting like it. Hello? And we're not responding in all the other ways that he mentions in the latter part of, of chapter number four as he says, put off concerning the old man, you put on the new man. So tell the truth, don't lie. You bring him glory when you tell the truth. You bring him glory. You bring him glory when you're angry, but you don't sin in your anger. You bring him glory when you don't steal anymore, but now you work hard and you give. You bring him glory when you don't have corrupt communication going out of your mouth. You bring him glory when you're not bitter and angry and wrathful and, and filled with clamor and speaking uh, evil of others. You bring him glory when you're kind and tenderhearted. You bring him glory when your life is not marked by sexual immorality, but it's marked by sexual purity. Hey, listen, are you, are you following this right here? You bring him glory when you're the kind of husband you ought to be and the kind of wife you ought to be. And you bring him glory when you're the kind of mom and dad that you ought to be, chapter number six, and the kind of child that you ought to be. And you bring him glory when you're the kind of worker at work when you ought to be, that you ought to be in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you bring him glory when you realize I'm in a spiritual battle and I need his help. Amen. Chapter six at the end of it. Well, that was a fast series. <laughs> I'm just simply saying, we are assembled for his awe. Amen. We are assembled, I think in this way, we're assembled first of all, to stand in awe of him. But then we are, we are assembled together. We are assembled for the awe of him. That others, we ought to stand in awe. And having stood in awe, others ought to stand in awe 
not of us, but of the one who saved us and changed us. Reminds me of that man that was a demoniac that Jesus, Jesus transformed. Many had tried to reform him, chains and binding him. He was living in cemetery. A wild man. Nobody could tame him. They, they made another road around him. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee to go to him. He met Jesus. And Jesus cast the demonic beings out and changed this man's life. And he was now seated and clothed and in his right mind. Amen. And the man wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, no, I want you to go tell everybody what I did for you. And he went and told everybody. And I, I, everybody, and come on now, you know guys like that in town. He was notorious. And I can just hear him now. Hey, did you hear what happened to... No. He's wearing clothes and sitting down and he's calm? No way. Yeah, he met a man named Jesus. You got to come see this. Well, not very long from that time, there was the feeding of the 4,000 on that side of the Sea of Galilee. I wonder where they all got their invitations. I'd say at least some of them got an invitation from a once wild man that Jesus changed. And his life brought him glory and they stood in all him. I, I, think about, I think about Lazarus and how that Jesus brought him back from the dead. And they wanted to come see not just Jesus at the dinner, but they wanted to see Lazarus who had been dead. They stood in awe of Jesus because of what he did in Lazarus' life. Our, our lives ought to bring him glory and honor and praise. Let's stand together here today. Dear Lord, I stop and think about it. It truly is amazing that through the work of the gospel, you've brought us together. There's no other explanation for it. To meet together three times a week and even additional times more than that. And to be on the same page Lord, that's, that's your work. For Southwest Baptist Church to celebrate 72 plus years, really, given the time frame of the church planting effort, is to your honor and to your glory. Lord, if uh, we bring you honor and glory through the application of biblical truth, as we see in the latter part of the letter, then God, would you help us to make sure that we're doing that and repent where we're not lest we should obstruct or distract others from standing in awe of you. Lord, I, I want to pray right now too for anyone here that does not know you as their Savior, would you help them to trust you today? In Jesus' name, amen.